Last month, I visited Space Center Houston, so this week, we're going to be giving you some tips on what to do if you're visiting the museum and surrounding areas. I'll go as far as saying that going there is like taking a pilgrimage for us space nerds. So if you haven't done it before, then you best start saving. Maybe we missed something which you think people might want to know about if they're going to Houston. If so, please drop us a message. You can find us at Space and Things 1 on Twitter and at Space and Things Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And please hit that share button. That does us a massive favor as well. Maybe you know someone who's planning their own trip to go to Houston. But right now, we hope you enjoy episode 57 of the Space and Things Podcast. Listening to Space and Things with Dave Giles and Emily Carney. I'm Emily Carney. And I'm Dave Giles, and welcome to episode 57 of this podcast. We recorded this one at the end of August as I'm on holiday again this week, so no news stories, but we'll be back again with everything we've missed next week. Another holiday? <laughs> it's one every three weeks at this moment. Yeah, but listen to my voice, Emily. I clearly need them. I'm like, I'm yeah, killing yeah. myself with my singing right now. I need a break. Yeah, I feel bad that I'm making you talk today because that, that sounds kind of painful. That's what I sound like when I have strep. No offense. <laughs> uh, no, that sounds... Oh my goodness. All right, let's, well, let's get on with the show. Absolutely. So, Emily... You went to Houston. First of all, before we go into details, what was your overall opinion of being there? I absolutely loved it. I do have to say, if you go to Houston in August, as I did, uh, I'm just going to let you know, I'm from Florida, so it wasn't really that surprising to me because I'm used to being in the heat and the humidity and all that. But uh, if you are not from the not from Florida or any place that's tropical or humid, uh, Houston is very hot in the summertime, so just be prepared. You're going to sweat. It's not a big deal, but uh, just just letting you know it is very hot in the summertime. Other than that, um, it, I had a magnificent time. I have to say uh, uh, there are some people who I hung out with uh, there. I, I kind of kept it, you know, low key because I didn't want to, you know, be an imposition on anybody. And at the same time, you know, I did I kind of just wanted to enjoy it and just, you know, sort of see everything through my eyes and stuff like that and, you know, be around an entourage of people or anything like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I didn't want like 30 people there. So I uh, yeah, I hung out with a few people who I, you know, I, I kind of ate dinner with and stuff. And I want to just say there, everybody who I met up with Houston is just absolutely the most helpful people and, and just very friendly and and I just get the sense that the whole city is just really awesome to everybody. And uh, I just loved it. I really had the best time. And uh, I, la- I feel ashamed for admitting this. Last night, I was, <laughs> I, my husband's going to hear this. He's in the other room and he's going to be like, what the hell, Emily? You just came back. Um, last night, I was like on Delta's website, like looking at plane ticket prices for Houston again. Like, oh, my God, I want to go back so bad, you know, at some point. Um but yeah, it, it was amazing. Uh, if you are a space nut, if you have not gone to Houston yet, uh, I highly recommend just saving up your your money, you know, save up a few dollars for a plane ticket and a hotel, you know, possibly, or maybe, you know, somebody in the town you can stay with and, and just just go there. It's, it's incredible. I saw stuff that I've only read about my entire life there. And I mean, it was just Oh my God! It was it was really emotional, and uh, we'll we'll discuss it a little more in this uh, in this segment for sure. <laughs> I'm sure you have questions. Absolutely, I went there as as a child, which was great. Uh, I I just loved it. But I was also I went there on my trip in uh, in July 2019, and I was there uh, on the anniversary of the uh, of the of the moon landing, the first moon landing, Apollo 11 moon landing, and that was really great. They had so much stuff going on there that day. Um, and it's such a cool place to be at. It just feels good being there. And they've got loads of cool stuff, which we're going to go into. But the surrounding area is also pretty cool as well. Uh, and and because I think you know that all of our heroes, everyone everyone who, who we hung with such high regard, be it those who worked in mission control or astronauts, all lived and worked there. 
as you're going round to all the different places, there's, I don't know, you just kind of have a smile on your face or you just keep thinking, oh, I wonder what so-and-so thought of this place or if they went here or whatever. And and some places you know they did as well. And, and, and all that kind of vibe I just like. It's just you feel close to it. You feel close to the... To the to the people and the and the history that we love, and not just the, the history, the current, you know what's going on now. You you just feel part of it. It's great. Exactly. They had like those tram tours, you know, that sort of drive around Johnson Space Center. Yeah. And uh, I remember when I first saw Johnson with my own, you know, Johnson Space Center with my own eyes. I'm like, oh my god, it looks exactly like it does in all the movies. Yeah, you know? exactly. Because, and I know. <laughs> dumb like oh wow it looks exactly like johnson's space center you know like <laughs> it's hard to explain sometimes there's a disconnect between what you see in your mind and what you see in real life you know like there have been times where i'll see stuff you know in real life that have been depicted in movies or whatever or you know magazine articles and i'm like it's not exactly how i pictured it really but johnson it was exactly i mean just right on the dot like every movie every book has you know, okay, it looks like a college campus and by design, you know, yeah. it looks exactly like you imagined it. So that was really awesome. It was surreal. Uh, there's this uh, footage, I think, on um, YouTube. There's a video and it's a it's about Phil Chapman when he was an astronaut, you know, and it was by the Australians because it was like the whole angle was like, it's the first Australian astronaut. I can't do the accent, so I'm not going to. And he's walking like, in front of one of the JSC buildings and you know, it looks very collegiate and he's smoking a pipe. We're on the tram and we're, we go by that building and I'm like, Holy, sh that's where Phil. <laughs> and I'm like, that's where he was, man. That's so cool. And that's like, but I'm sure all the astronauts were walking in front of there, but it was just, I kept thinking about it. Like that's where, that's where Phil was back in the day. And the whole area just hasn't changed at all. I mean, it just looks like it's been preserved in time. Um, the Michigan Troll Building. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, we, I mean, we'll get to that later, I think. But, we'll get to that. Uh, yeah, yeah, we need I mean, to save I, I that. Know, I, I know. What yeah. You're, yeah, it's incredible. We need to save that for the end. Yeah, let, let, we'll, we'll, we'll move on to that. So it's worth pointing out, I think, that you mentioned Johnson Space Center there. The visitor's center is called Space Center Houston. So you're not, technically, you're not going to Johnson Space Center. And part of going to Space Center Houston is that you can arrange a tour of Johnson Correct. Space Center. And there's there's various things that, that allow you to, to do those tram tours and so on and so forth. But when you arrive at Space Center Houston, and, and it, you know, it's all on the same campus, um, because historically that's what it was, right? It was it was part of a university and, they, and the land got given to them uh, by Rice University, I think it is. Correct. Um, and, and it's still owned by them, I think. You are right. I, I think part of the deal was if NASA folded, if it failed for some reason, they would get it back. Yeah. So, and they could convert it into a college campus or an auxiliary college campus or something like that. That's why it looks like that. And there's still some weird thing about uh, it was a farm thing. There was So there's loads of animals on, on site still. Like yes, there grazing are. Grazing animals. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, there are um, Texas longhor longhorns there. Um, which I'd never seen before because um, we're driving by and all of a sudden I see these cows. They look like cows with giant horns on them. And I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> yeah. One of them looked like my cat Smokey with like horns because it was like this fat one that was black with the with horns. And I was like, hey, it's Smokey. <laughs> She's asleep. <laughs> but yeah, it was wild. I'm like, what is this? And they're like, oh, yeah, we keep these on our site. And I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. So as you come into Space Center Houston, you, you know, you pull into the car park and straight away you see uh, Independence Plaza, as, as it's dubbed, where there's the, the big 747 with uh, the mock-up uh, of the Space Shuttle Orbiter, which is dubbed Independence. So before we get into what's inside the Space Center, let's talk about Independence Plaza and that aspect, because it's it's kind of the iconic part of the space center houston in terms of visually because it's so big and it, it towers over uh the, the the museum uh on the outside so um do you want to do you want to give us some background behind that yes well um a few years ago when the space shuttle program ended unfortunately uh houston did not get one of the space shuttles so what they ended up getting was 
and a lot of people, it, it bears mentioning that a lot of people in Houston are still not happy about this. Absolutely. But they did get sort of a consolation prize, which I think is not bad. And I'll explain what it is. Um, they got a, a like a mock-up space shuttle that used to be um, by Kennedy Space Center. It was at the old Astronaut Hall of Fame here. So that got refurbished and they got that. And they got NASA 905, I believe. The, they got the um, huge jumbo jet. It's a, I believe it's a 747, modified 747. Uh, if you look in the back, it's got some extra attachments on the wings because of the airflow, because the shuttle kind of disrupted the airflow on it. And this is the same plane that was used as, it's also the shuttle carrier aircraft. That's also what it's known as. Obviously, it carried the shuttle when the shuttle, you know, flew into Edwards. It was one of the aircraft that carried it, you know, back and forth across the United States. And not only that, I believe it's the same one that did the approach and landing tests in 1977, where for some of those missions, they just, you know, they carried it atop the 747 to see how it would react, basically how the the plane and the shuttle would merge together, you know, how it would be. And it's the one that... Uh, they pop the shuttle loose and let the shuttle fly back five times. So, yeah, it's incredible. It has all that painted on the fuselage. It has all its missions painted on the side. I took a picture of it. And you get to go inside. So that's what I did. I went inside of it. Um, obviously, probably a lot of the seats and some of the stuff, they're ripped out now. But it's still awesome because it's sort of a museum of what that plane did, which to me, I'm, I'm really going, um, many of you have probably noticed this on social media right now. I'm going through a, a enterprise approach and landing test obsession at the moment. I want to write a piece about it. I just can't believe they did that. Like they're like, yeah. yo, we're just going to fly the shuttle off a plane. <laughs> <laughs> like, like that is the most 1970s idea from the 1970s. Like, Yo, we're just going to do it. Whatever. It'll work, right? Yeah. Computer model from 1977 said it would work. So we'll do it. But no, seriously, like um I'm going through this phase. I don't I I don't think it's a phase, but I'm really obsessed with the the approach and landing test. So to go in there and sort of see, you know, commentary, they have like a a little movie that plays and it's Fredo, Fred Hayes, and uh who we recently interviewed on this show. And Joe Engel talking about those flights, you know, and basically what they did, you know, during the flights and how, you know, they, you know, they got popped off the 747 and they came landed and it helped validate the space shuttle. So that to me, I was like, this is amazing. Like, this is just, oh, I'm freaking out. You know, I'm flipping out here. If you like the early space shuttle, it's a really neat testament to that whole era where they were just sort of experimenting and figuring out you know okay this is what we're gonna do so mm. i did not go into the space shuttle i hate admitting this i didn't go into the um the mock space shuttle mainly because i've actually seen a real space shuttle deck before <laughs> so <laughs> i was like i can probably skip this and and survive so i didn't go into the space shuttle uh but i i spent quite a bit of time in the 747 just because i've never been in one of the NASA ones in my life. And I'm like, that's the experience of a lifetime that, you know, and get a feeling of like, okay, this is where all this amazing stuff happened. That was one of my favorite things about the trip. I did go in the shuttle because I've not been in one of the real ones. Uh, and that's, that's pretty cool as well. If you've not experienced being in a real one, it's, it's useful. Or one of the simulators. Um, it is pretty cool to go in there because you, you get to see how big it, the living quarters are, which is always surprises me how small that space is when there was yep. seven up to seven or eight of them uh, on board. Sometimes I know zero gravity uh, means they have, they can make more of the space, but it's not as big. Bear in mind how big the shuttle is that area they lived in isn't actually that big no it's not it it's the the mid deck and the upper deck and all that it's it's actually not a lot of room so when they had a crew of seven they really had to sort of um sandwich everybody in there yeah you know pretty pretty crazy um so there's a new there's a new exhibit outside as well i think it's i think it's in a similar area emily i don't know uh but and that's the falcon nine exhibit so that, is that nearby there yeah, it's when you're driving into the parking lot, um, you pretty much drive right past it. Oh, wow. Okay. And yeah, and it's it's lying on its side. It's not vertical, 
but or um, it's lying on its side horizontally, so it's a little different perspective than what you might see if you go. Um, I know some of you might go to the uh, Port Canaveral and uh, see the the Falcons that are being returned back the first stages. Um, this is a little different perspective, but it's still really cool to see. Uh, I'm assuming it's one of the ones they're they're not reusing. I'd have to look up the actual information about this particular first stage, but it is one crispy critter. Yes, but it's really <laughs> I love that. it is one it is one crispy critter. But it's really neat to see, you know, just the the size of it, you know, sort of compared to the 747 because it's like they seem just as big. Yeah. Oh so wow. It, it's pretty enormous. Yeah, cause it's hard to get perspective on how big those rockets are, isn't it? Because we don't normally see them side by side with anything. No, they're normally just standing on their own, so you don't you don't necessarily appreciate. Oh, that's actually as big as. Um, so you're right. Actually, seeing it in that perspective must be pretty cool. Yeah, it, it really brought to you know sort of my mind how large that plane was, and you know, and uh, just oh my god, it's really overwhelming. I'm trying to visualize it. Oh my god, it's freaking huge. Yeah, <laughs> like that. It's just unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yep. Just that whole thing as you're going into the space and it it really does set the tone, doesn't it? And and I mean that wasn't there when I was a kid. And I remember that. I remember being there when I was a kid and, and it, being a little bit underwhelmed as you walked into the, the building because it was just a building. But having that outside and, and I, I guess now adding the Falcon Nine as well, that just it just definitely definitely adds something. It's like when you're at when you're at Kennedy and you can see the rocket garden and things like that, and you can see the vehicle assembly building in the distance, you get that grandiose scale straight away, which you don't didn't used to get at, at Houston Space Center, which you now do a little bit, which I really like. Houston is go for Seth, have a great flight. Take one, set. There's two clear. Okay, we got a GPC light, lost the sync on two, pushing over. Got a big X on computer number two. Roger, standby and halt on GPC number two. So now let's move inside. So you go into the main building. It's worth pointing out that the main museum building isn't that big. There's a lot in there. It's still absolutely wonderful. They've made a hell of look, really good use of space. So um, you come in, you've got all the the information thing on the on the right and the left. But um, I want to talk about my one of my favourite bits, and you'll know why this is one of my favourite bits, which <laughs> is the astronaut gallery. It's called, uh, and essentially they have um, some museum cabinets uh, with spacesuits <laughs> in or. Uh, Pressure suits or clothes worn by some of the astronauts it. and things like that. Now I love this. This is this is me all over it, and uh, it's got the um, it's got Pete Conrad's Apollo twelve moon suit. It's got Deke Slayton's space suit. I think they've got Deke Slayton's space suit. It's his backup. I think his backup, uh, backup suit. suit. He would have worn it when he was training, at least. Yeah, probably. Which is pretty cool. Uh, and they've got some great flight suits. Judy Resnick's T thirty eight flight suit. Yes. Uh, things like that, and and it's amazing. It's such a. It's such. I think some Bob Crippen shirts, flowery shirts. I think going on, and some even kind of brings it right up to modern date with some uh, Scott Kelly uh, things that he wore on his trip to um, to the International Space Station. Um, so I love this section. Uh, and oh, it's got um, Michael Collins' biomedical suit. It's got his biomed suit from when he got back from Apollo Eleven. And I just love seeing all that stuff. It's amazing. The first thing I saw when I walked into the space center, Houston, I was kind of overwhelmed because I was like, "Where do I start? Oh my god!" Yeah. And um, so I walked over to the astronaut gallery, and I saw the Alan Bean, the MMU that they. I don't think it was called an MMU, but it was an MMU. But they used it on Skylab to basically validate the one that Bruce McCandless would fly later. Yeah. And then there's the suit that Alan Bean wore in it. And I almost lost lost my mind. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, emotionally, I couldn't handle. I'm like, I can't handle this because I, I in my mind, I can see Bean wearing that. And I can see that picture in my mind. Yeah. I'm like, oh, my God, that's it. That's it. And then I just sort of walked around like in a daze. It was really cool seeing John Young's pressure suit from STS-1. Oh, my oh, God. Yeah, I forgot. That's amazing. What an artifact. I've never seen one of those suits before because the first four missions, they utilized a uh, modified SR-71 suit by Dave Clark Company. I, I have a book about them because don't ask. I actually own a book that talks about these pressure suits. And it's, um, I think they were good up to maybe about 85,000 feet. 
which is okay. They were going a little further up than 85,000 feet, but <laughs> it really sort of drilled into me like how early shuttle was so risky because I'm yeah. like, yeah, we have these suits. They're good to a certain point, but we don't know. You know, we don't really know. So it was just, it was just nuts. But to see the young suit and to, I'd never seen one of those SR-71 suits before like that. That was awesome. And plus, um, seeing Judy Resnick's flight suit, I felt like an elephant next to that flight suit. She was so tiny and had such a, a tiny, yes. She had such a little waist. She was so petite. And all the pictures I've seen of her, she seems like a giant to me. Not physically as much as just she's so glamorous to me. And she was such a, a just such a big hero to me. And to see the flight suit, and you realize she was a person. She was an actual human being. Like, she wasn't just a photograph. Oh, boy, I'm getting emotional. I need to stop. No, absolutely. I know, I know, I know what you mean by that. I mean, that, that whole gallery to me is just wonderful. It, it, and, and I think it is a good place to start, actually. It's where I started as well. I, I definitely walked around there. And I, it was something I kept coming back to. It was kind of me like too. every time I was, I'd kind of finish somewhere else, I just walked back over there and just, just in case I'd missed something. Me too. I kept, I, um, I kept coming back over there. For some reason, that whole area just humanized. It sort of put like a human body or a human face to everything because it's like yeah. sometimes when I read about things, I get so caught up in like technical stuff and I enjoy that kind of stuff. But it, it's another thing to realize, you know, people actually worked on this, you know, yeah. and um, and they were human. They were real human beings and they wore these clothes and it just it really gives you sort of a sense of who what they look like. Yeah. I also like the fact that what they do is uh, rather than focus on the type of suit it is, they focus on the person who was in it. Yep. I thought that was cool. Uh, it's, it's not something you know, I've seen elsewhere. It, it's where it's often about the suit or the, or the outfit. This is about the person. In it. I like that. I thought that was pretty cool. So also within that section, next to that section is is what they call the International Space Station Gallery, which has got loads of artifacts uh, about the space station and things that some of the things that have been brought back from the station, which is pretty cool, both exterior and interior items. And they've got some mock-up rooms like you've seen on the, on on the International Space Station, including one which kind of rotates, so it makes you kind of feel like you're in zero gravity. I'm not sure if you went in that, Emily. It's a really weird sensation. Yeah, I went in that a little bit and um, I felt kind of like, so I got, I kind of got out of it a little bit. Um, <laughs> we're not, we haven't gotten to this yet. I almost made myself sick in Skylab, but that's another, oh, yeah. I'll, we'll talk more about that. Uh, but I, I like this gallery, I think, because it brings the, the museum up to date. Like, I think often, even we, we are yeah. guilty of focusing on, on the past, but the, the space station is, is current and it connects with, uh, with the current generation. I think that's really important. Um, and I like that within these areas, they also had, when I was there, they were having presentations at various points during the day e explaining how life operates on the in International Space Station and and what they do and how they go to the toilet, for example, or, or how they prepare their food. And I liked seeing these, these demonstrations going on. I thought it was a really cool thing that he did. They, it wasn't just here's all the items. It was yep. someone coming out and, and, and interacting with the with the youngsters in particular about what was going on. And I think that's where this museum really does do things very well. Yeah, I thought it was really cool. Um, I don't know if they had this artifact there when you were there, but they had a, a section of solar panel from the ISS, the kind of solar panel that they use. And I thought that was... I, did, I must have missed that. That's um, amazing. I, I don't know if it's a new item or not, but it was awesome because I was like, it's so light like you know you you because mm. in your mind you know when you see pictures of the iss it's enormous right it's the size of a football field you know it's a, it's a giant structure but um really the the solar panel assemblies are very light because they have to be light because they can't use these extremely heavy things to, on a on a spacecraft you know i, I was very interested in that because I, i've always sort of been interested in you know space station construction and then when you looked at them, it was just a single, it's a single sheet. And you realize how thin and light they are. It, to me, it, it's not magic. It's it's the work of thousands of people that gets these kind of things done. I love seeing stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I'm pretty sure there's uh, there's some 
panels that were up there on the outside, which you can see the damage of tiny yeah. little meteorites hitting and, and things like that as well, which also is very scary. Uh, oh, yeah. But that whole section is really interesting. I, I, I definitely spend some time in there. Um, but then let's move in through. So this is still all pretty much in the main area. Also in the main area, there's some, there's some things that really do engage uh, youngsters like they've got some simulators in there and some uh, arcade car, arcadey kind of games that you can go yeah. in and things like that but in my mind the real good stuff is the stuff that's just off to the side so for example as you move through to the right hand side you go into this other gallery where um there's something that, that emily you may have heard of before it's called skylab they've got they've got uh, never heard of it uh, have never you never heard of, heard of that no <laughs> i don't know what that is oh my god I imagine you you lost your mind when you went into this little section. Yeah, I flipped out. I got there kind of early because I didn't want to get there and there's like a bunch of people. You wanted it to yourself, didn't you? Yeah, I wanted it all to myself for a little while yeah. because I was like, I want to I wanted to get inside and take hundreds of pictures of stuff that nobody else cares about. When you go through Starship Theater, I think that's what it's called. Um yeah. There's a film that you can sit down and watch. I don't know if you did that, but I did, and it's quite moving. Yeah, I did watch that. It's very moving. So, so this is this big theater that kind of connects. Uh, you don't have to go through it, but but it's a good idea to. It connects the main area we just talked about with with these other areas, which I really like. So, yes, there's this great, and within there is the the podium that Kennedy. Did his we yes. go to the moon speech? That's where you find that, which, is, in my opinion, is the wrong place for it. But it's there. It is there. Uh, but yeah, it's a great movie. And then, and then from there, you move into the, the, the one of two areas. One of which is is the Skylab area. Yeah, I went a little backwards to that exhibit because I went through Skylab first. But yeah. uh, I went in there and I, I I started taking pictures of the exterior because they had uh, the telescope mount and I t and it has a little an astronaut you know doing a spacewalk on it. So I was like, "Hey Ed, how you doing?" I, you know, <laughs> Ed Gibson. So I took you know pictures of him and then I went inside and it was amazing. Um, it's the only Skylab out of I think all of them. There's one at the Smithsonian um, that I think is vertical. Uh, there's yep, one, there's one at the, uh, the, um, in Huntsville at the space of rocket center, which is also, which is great to visit. Um, I just went there last year, but it's also vertically oriented. This one is horizontally oriented, oriented. Why can't I say that all of a sudden it's, um, it is on its side. So when you walk in, it's kind of more of a natural, uh, I mean, space, it doesn't really matter. There's really no up or down. But um, it, it's sort of more of like a, oh, my God, I could see through the whole volume of what the orbital workshop uh, looks like. And that's what you do. And it, it was just it is just amazing. It's enormous. Uh, I was really just humbled at how huge the whole interior was. Yeah, uh, I took pictures of every <laughs> uh, this is where I almost made myself sick, because as you guys have probably seen it, it's cylindrical. I was trying to spin my head all directions, trying to get pictures of like, you know, sort of every surface of it inside, including like all the airlocks, because there's a scientific airlock and then there's an anti-solar airlock as well. So I was trying to get pictures of everything. I, I made myself dizzy as hell doing that. So I had to stop for a minute because I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to make myself puke in Skylab because it's <laughs> like, no, you wouldn't be the first one. Yeah, I wouldn't be the first one. <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't. But um, it is beautiful. Uh, it was very moving because, oh, God, now I'm going to really lose my. <laughs> they have three astronauts in there to sort of simulate, you know, what it was like to live in Skylab. And they have Paul White's in there, who is a wonderful guy. Um, he passed a few years ago, but he's just spinning eternally in there. I thought that was I was like, that is so sweet. That's a beautiful way to remember him. And yeah. um, they have poor Jack is in the shower. Of course. Yeah, of course he is. <laughs> I feel, I really feel bad for Jack because, he, you know, Jack's done some amazing stuff. I mean, he, he flew on Skylab. He flew one of the first shuttle missions and that's the statue of him. Right. Yeah. Now. That's the image. That's the image, isn't it? That it's always going to uh, be associated with him. But anyway, if you like Jack in the shower, he is in space center, Houston, immortalized <laughs> in the shower for all time. And, um, Owen Garrett is also in there, and I think he's eating. Uh, he's eating something, and he's wearing his uh, 
the the shoes with the like the hexagonal the grid fitting on it so it really defies words for me how it is how cool it is to see skylab oriented on its side and now i can say that i've seen all three skylabs and i'm very happy or all of the skylabs that was a bucket list like check off thing like i gotta see all the skylabs and i did it <laughs> i'm so yeah. freaking happy so not not just to say i did it but mainly i just wanted to see what it looked like because i'm like how am i supposed to write about something if i've never seen it you know or if i've seen it very briefly i'm not throwing shade at any other museums other than you know houston i don't want to make it sound like that but houston probably has the best presentation huntsville isn't bad i don't i don't want to make it huntsville sound bad it's just um, it's vertically oriented, so you kind of have to look up to get a sense of, you know, how much space there was in there. I think it's use I think it's useful to have seen both. Yes. I agree. I think I actually think you get more out of it being horizontal. You can pick out more of the details because you can see more of it up close because it's correct because uh, it's horizontal. But if you can see both, yeah, absolutely. Um, so the one thing the one thing I would say about this area, and if anyone from from Space Center Houston is listening, I would say that some of the uh, some of the information placards and things like that could do with being updated a little bit. They look a little bit tired, but that's that's just me. The information on there is amazing. It just it felt a little bit like that room has been neglected for a while, in my opinion. But also around there, they've got some uh, artifacts to do with the Apollo Soyuz mission mission and details about how they were going to plan to rescue uh, the astronauts on Skylab and things like that. So there's a lot of information in that room. But I feel like it can make it a little more garrulous or get people's attention with it a little bit more. There's a lot of, in other parts of the museum, there's a lot of things that are a lot more shinier uh, and a lot more, uh, just nicely, more nice, presented nicely, nicer than than this area. I agree. Um, it's almost a little bit of an afterthought, in my opinion, that people are, are potentially only going to get something out of if they already know a little bit about it or, or they, they've got an interest in it beforehand. Um, it's not necessarily going to make people more interested, the people who didn't know about Skylab interested in Skylab at the moment. That's just my personal opinion. Yeah, they could probably dress up some of the placards a little bit. They're probably a little dated. I do have to say, and I was really surprised, I was not expecting this, people were lining up to get into Skylab. Which, oh, that's great to see. Yeah, yeah, okay. Which I thought was incredible. So I, I hope the surviving Skylab uh, people hear that and they know, hey, you guys did something pretty awesome. And people are still interested. Yeah, in that, that's great to know. That's great to know. It kind of shoots me down a little bit as well. But maybe it was because when I was there, the focus was all on, on Apollo 11. So everyone was everyone was there for that. And that might be yeah. why I felt the way I did. So also in that area, there is a, there is a display of moon rocks, which is the best display of moon rocks I've ever seen. So for those of you who aren't aware, the majority of the, the collected moon samples are all in Houston uh, and they're all in a lab uh, on site at Johnson Space Center. And they've kind of done a kind of recreation of that lab, which you can see and the tools they use to study it and how that all works. Yep. There is a wonderful video. I can't remember who, that I've seen on YouTube. But I'm going to try and find and put in the show notes. Someone was given a tour. I can't remember who it was of the, the actual lab. Uh, but and, and if you watch that and then you go to this, you'll see there's so many similarities. They've really recreated that very well, so you can see what those that's like. And they've got a whole variety of different samples of rock and and soil which was collected, and details of where they were from and what missions and so on and so forth. It's really very cool, and and that gets a lot of attention. Or did when I was there had a lot of attention on that area because, and rightfully so. It's it's very impressive. It's very impressive what they've done there. So if you remember, I said when I first arrived, I was hanging out in the astronaut gallery. But the room after that, that I really wanted to find was the Starship Gallery, which is next to this moon rock area. And the reason is, is because my bucket list, Emily's, was visiting the Skylabs. For me, it was visiting all the flown NASA crewed spacecraft. And this is the room that houses the ones that Houston have. And there's the Apollo 17 command module called America. There's the Gemini 5 capsule. And there's Gordo Cooper's Mercury capsule. And similar to the Skylab, uh, that, as Emily discussed, 
all of them have figurines or astronauts inside. Uh, in the Apollo 17 command module, there's only one. It's Gene Cernan. And of course, there's a great scene in the Last Man on the Moon documentary where he stands in front of it and he's talking about, yes. the, hey, is that guy really me? Like, And it's very emotional. So just standing in that spot where Gene stood, that was a, that for me, that was a very big moment. Um, the one, yeah. one thing I find interesting is that the Gemini 5 command module is, is depicted with them doing a spacewalk. And yes. on Gemini 5, they didn't do a spacewalk. Yeah. Minor gripe. That kind of bothered me. When I first walked in there, because uh, I was looking at America and for about 20 minutes, I was in like this Apollo 17 fugue state. Like I just sat there and like looked inside. and I was like, oh, my God, that's the Apollo 17 command module thing. And I just, I, you know, I was thinking about, you know, Gene and I was thinking about a, a lot about Gene Cernan and a lot about Ron Evans because I was like, man, yeah. I wish I could have met Ron. Like I met Gene yeah. and Gene was awesome. Ron Evans passed when I was 12, you know, when I was really yeah. little. And I was like, God, that guy would have been awesome. Like if he had lived and he had like gone to Space Fest and done a talk. I mean, it would have been everybody else who was a speaker would have had to leave because it would have been like, yeah. OK, this dude's just blown us all out of the water. So I was just thinking a lot about that. And then I went and I was like, oh, it's Gemini 4. And then I was like, wait, wait a minute. It's not. It's Gemini 5 with a yeah with a spacewalker. So that was kind of confusing, but yeah, I agree. I was kind of thrown for a minute because I was like, oh, it's Ed. W wait a minute. that That's in the Smithsonian. Yeah. So that was kind of weird. It's still cool to see. It was cool. And hanging up in, and with, a, with a background of stars. It was nicely done. And I know what they're trying to do. They're trying to show how it was used or, or how a similar spacecraft were used. But yeah, minor gripe. Minor gripe. Yeah. There. Yeah. And for a second, it threw me a little bit. And then I was like, wait, wait a minute. Oh, I get. Okay. I get what they're trying to do. And um, of course, seeing Gordo's, uh, Gordon Cooper's Mercury capsule was really cool. Well, there's only six of them, isn't there? There's not many of them. They're, they're, they're pretty rare. It's, it's great to yeah. see all that stuff. And it's in a gallery that has a, 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 a long museum case full of great artifacts. Like, yeah. One of Gene Crance's waistcoats and Deke Slayton's hat and and various different artifacts from the uh, the whole of that early space program to do with various people that were involved and it's it's very it's it's a great presentation of lots of cameras and all kinds of things. I really loved that room. I just loved that room. Yeah. Um, when I was in there, Emily, there was something going on. I was like, "What's going on over there?" And Bill Moon was being interviewed. Uh, and I kind of went over and interrupted and said, hey, Bill, can I have a photo, please? And he was so lovely. So, so lovely. Bill is a sweetheart. Um, so Bill Moon, for those who don't know, is a, was an e-com uh, mission control engineer, as ma well, as made famous now from the mission control movie, in my opinion. Uh, but he was absolutely lovely guy. And he was wearing a nice flight jacket, which was pretty cool to see. So, uh, And they've got a, a kind of fake lunar landscape in there as well with some astronauts standing on it with a lunar rover as well, representing the the Apollo 17 mission as well. And it's got some great little video clips of uh, Gene talking about um, Apollo 17 as well and things like that. So a, a great room, which you can't spend enough time in, in my opinion. Exactly. I agree. Houston, this is America. You can breathe easier. America has arrived on station for the challenge ahead. Which leads us on to the other part of Houston Space Center, uh, which is the tram tours, which you can take that take you into johnson space center for real um right now there is one which which you can't do which is the uh, level nine tool which you do have yeah. to pay extra for um and that takes you into all the current mission control and training facilities and all kinds of stuff now i remember doing this when i was younger as a child and it and being blown away seeing the shuttle simulator and all that kind of stuff and seeing modern mission control uh, and back then even then we saw the, the historical one as well um but also on the way to all those areas you've got a big hangar which has one of the saturn fives remaining saturn fives lying yeah. down inside of it so let's talk about that area first so as the as the the tram pulls up you're greeted with um a redstone rocket and a Little Joe rocket, which is um, one of the testing rockets they use to test the uh, whether the the escape rocket uh, system of the command module would work on launch if there was a problem. And various, I think it's got an F, uh, a couple of other ro smaller rocket engines outside there as well. Um, and that's outside the hangar. Now yeah. I have an issue with this as well. 
It's great to see those things. They really need some repairs. Yeah, <laughs> they, I agree. They really need a bit of lick of paint and just someone to look after them like they have done with the Saturn V. And I hope they get round to doing it because I'd hate to see these things falling into disrepair beyond being fixable because they, they're great artifacts. Yeah, like the little Joe rocket. They, they use that a lot for like testing and stuff. And I was like, man, I hope they, I'd like to see it inside or something. And I've not seen one of them elsewhere. I think that's the only one of them I've seen. Yeah, I've never seen one elsewhere. They don't have any at Kennedy Space Center. I mean, they have a Saturn, like a Saturn 1B that has an escape tower, but, um, and the Saturn 5 has, I think, has one, but they don't have yeah. a little, just a standalone, like, escape system. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, and then you move inside and of course there's a Saturn V which is uh always overwhelming. Always amazing. So I spent a while walk just, you know, walking around the Saturn V and you know photographing it and stuff. There is something there now that I don't think was there when you were there unfortunately and it was the it's the new Apollo 13 statue. That's yeah, that, there. is that in there is it? Yes. And um <sighs> I I do have to say whoever um sculpted it um it's a bronze, and it's of them when they, you know, were uh, came back on the helicopter on the carrier, and you know they're in flight suits and stuff. And I do have to say, whoever sculpted it did a superb job. It really looks like them. Some of these statues out there that I've seen <laughs> are kind of dodgy. Yeah, there's some Neil Armstrong statues in his hometown, which just don't look anything like him. But that's a yeah, that's a whole. We should just do a show on that. Oh, just on statues, absolutely. Worst space statues. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah, there's a few of them that are really like, as you all would say, that are dodgy. Like they don't look right. <laughs> yeah, they don't look good. But um, no, whoever this one does, whoever did the likeness um of these, it, it, it's spectacular. Because I was like, man, it does look like Fredo. It looks like Jack. It looks like Jim. It really looks like them in the face. So. Uh, that was really cool to see. I I think that's a marvelous tribute to a, you know, a job well done. So I really and loved a, it. And, and it's such an iconic photo that they've they've turned into a three D thing, really, which is great, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. There was something about the, this hangar. I don't know if it was brighter than Huntsville and Florida. Maybe it's because there's less in that hangar than both at the Rocket Center in Huntsville and Kennedy Space Center. They're surrounded by other artifacts. <laughs> Whereas in Houston, it's just the Saturn V. A couple of artifacts either side, but not too many. So you can really focus on the rocket. It's a little bit lower. Uh, so you can really get around it and you feel a little bit closer to it. And these things are hard to display because they're so massive. But of the three, I think this is possibly my favorite display of just the rocket. Yeah, I was told that um, the uh, Saturn V in Houston is the most flight ready of the Saturn fives that are currently available. Oh, nice. So I don't know what that means. I, I don't think that means they could fly it tomorrow. I mean, that'd be kind of cool if they could just, <laughs> you know, just be like, screw it, We're going back to the moon again today. <laughs> and if I'm wrong, uh, somebody please jump into our comments and uh, our Twitter or whatever. And please tell me, Hey, Emily, you're wrong. You messed up. But I think it was supposed to be for Apollo 18. I think. Wow. Okay. But it got, obviously that got, that didn't happen. I think it was supposed to be for one of the Apollos that got canceled. And, and when I, when I was at uh, was in the hangar, there was some some old boys there. Definitely, um, I don't know if this is happening at the moment, but some volunteers there. Or I th I'm assuming they were volunteers talking about what they worked on. I'm assuming they were old engineers. I'm not sure what their jobs were, but giving tours of uh, and explaining the different sections, which they do a similar thing at Huntsville as well, but definitely always, if you can, stop and hear what these people have to say because I'm sure it'll be interested. And they lived through it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And one thing you do find when you go to Houston, at least this was my experience, was um, you're around a ton of people who have something to do with NASA. Because there yeah. are just tons of people who work with the space program there. And um, I met up with a few of my friends who work with the program there. That was really exciting. It's like, oh, my God, this person actually works in the program. That's really neat. You know, and I feel like the ultimate insider slash outsider because I, you know, I, I, I sort of work in space, but I don't like I don't work at a, you know, at a space program or anything like that. Yeah. So it's kind of neat to, you know, see that community they're very supportive and they're very nice. There's none of that. Um, I don't want to mention any other places, but other parts of the space community, not 
not Huntsville, but other parts of the space community, there's <laughs> there's a kind of a clickishness, like, oh, we're from here and we don't like, you know, sort of like a almost like everybody else is kind of an outsider feeling. And right. um, not like it's not like that in Houston or like Huntsville or anything like that. They seem very uh, receptive to non Huntsville and non Houston people visiting their city and, you know, stuff like that. I also agree this this the community side of it is wonderful. I mean, I, I met up with someone whose parents worked with who actually contacted me from Space Hipsters and said, Hey, you're in town. Come and meet come and I'll take you for a pizza. I'll show you around town a bit. And I think part of it so obviously he grew up in yeah. that area, in, in the, the El Lago area. And because it's out of Houston center, like it, NASA isn't in downtown Houston, is yeah, it? Yeah, no, it's it's not. a way out. So I think that probably enhanced that community feel. And because everyone in that area pretty much did work at NASA, it's like all the families being around there as well. People lost their ego probably a little bit around that when they're there because everyone do, everyone's in the program, right? Yeah, everyone's exactly. Doing something to do with it. So uh, I, I think that may have something to do with it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you're right. Everyone you meet does seem to have a connection to it which is wonderful and you just and therefore you're just looking at everyone goes i wonder what you do i wonder what you did yeah um, or i was anyway that's beautiful this has got to be one of the most proud moments of my life i guarantee you um so these these tram tours at the moment i believe because i saw your photos from it they're still taking you out to the historic mission control right the christopher craft Center. oh boy yeah i'm gonna okay i don't want to start crying that was Freaking mind blowing. Yes, that was probably my favorite part of the whole. I mean, I love Space Center Houston. I love the whole thing. I like going to Johnson, but um, uh, unfortunately, they're not doing level nine tours at the moment just because of COVID, which I totally understand. At least I don't think they're doing them at the moment. They only. No, they're not. Yeah. Um, but uh, the Mission Control, visiting historic Mission Control um, in its Apollo 11 uh, configuration for the most part. Um, I think there's a few things that aren't Apollo 11, but that's fine. But uh, it was just mind-blowing because I'm like, oh, my God. It was one of the only places I've gone to in my entire life where I st- like I set foot in the room and automatically you could feel it. Like, you could feel... Absolutely. You could feel everything that had gone down in there. It was uncanny. It was unreal to me. It was like, I'm still trying to get over that moment, you know, where it was like, oh, my God, this is it this is the real i'm I'm standing here yeah i felt like i'd made it i felt like mary tyler moore or something like i made (laughs) it you know it was insane it was just it was just incredible like i emotionally i oh boy to see the place where you know my mind has dreamt of for all these years and to see the place that's been in so many documentaries the only way i can describe it is you set foot into there and it's just that room has a feel it was amazing Amazing. Well, Rick Houston described it as walking into a cathedral, didn't he? Yes, it is. It is like that. There's some there. It has like a feel to it that's unlike anything else. Out of all yeah. the places I've been to in my life, it was like the most like humbling. I think people made some of the most life changing decisions ever in that room. Because yeah. you think about you know any of those missions, Apollo eleven, Apollo thirteen, where you know stuff happened that probably wasn't supposed to happen. And you're like, it could have yeah, gone either way. SE to Orcs on 12. Yes. Uh, you know, you're right. Every single decision was you know, made in that room. Them almost not docking on 14 yep, and 16, exactly. you know, and just every yeah. decision was made in there that could have changed somebody's life. I mean, the, the Skylab mutiny. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> So on and so forth. Yeah. And it was used right up to, to like the mid eighties, wasn't it? So even, even early shuttle was, was that room. Yeah. Early shuttle was in that room. I think up to nine, the early nineties it was used. And then they, Oh, um, it was as far as that. Yeah. So, um, in a, in a horrible way, challenger happened in there as well. Oh, absolutely. Wow. Yeah. You know, the good and the bad happened in there, but there's Mm. really, it's a place that deserves so much respect. And I do, I do want to give a big shout out, um, Sorry, I'm laughing. My cat just tipped over his taco. He has a taco truck and he just tipped it over. Um, I do want to say that um, I think Ben Feist is part of the team that helped to uh, restore, restore it bring, yeah. and bring it back to what it looked like during Apollo 11. And um, I want to just give a big shout out to him and his team because 
they did a spectacular job. I mean, it's just, it is uncanny. Like, I, I mean, it's just, it is right down to the T of what it looked like. You could almost smell it. I mean, it's just, yeah. you can imagine the smell of the cigarettes and everything in there. It's just. And they do a wow. great presentation where yes. they have everything going as it for that for the different phases of that Apollo 11 mission and that's just stunning and all the machines come to life and it's just amazing it's just really something I did, I managed to get the last tour in there before the anniversary of Neil walking on the moon taking those first steps I was in there literally like they were just about to start the countdown and we had to come out but as a result I'm sitting in that in the visitors' room, as part of that, you know, looking into the room, and Walt Cunningham walks in. Oh my god! And I'm like, okay, now this has just gone to an extra level. I'm now in the Apollo <laughs> mission control with an Apollo astronaut. Like it was just mind blowing for me. I I'd lost it. I absolutely lost my yeah. Everything fell out of me. Um, <laughs> it was just the most overwhelming thing. I, I Even before that happened, I was like, I, I can't put into words how it feels standing here. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, a very, it's a very surreal moment. But even just standing outside the main building and looking up and seeing the, the, the name Christopher Craft uh, Mission yes. Control Center, just standing there. It's just so powerful. It's so powerful being there. Um, and walking into the the, the the doors downstairs, I'm in the I'm in the building. Let alone in the room, like I'm in. Just, I just was overwhelmed the whole time. Yeah, I think um, in the movie Apollo Eleven, in the in the um, uh, documentary that came out a couple of years ago, the spectacular documentary, um, I think they do show sort of the profile, the face of the Mission Control Center as it looked in 1969, and it looks virtually the same. And it's just yeah. so cool because I'm like, I'm looking at it and I'm like, again, you know, it looks exactly how you imagined it. <laughs> I mean, I know that sounds incredibly dumb because it's like, wow, Johnson Space Center looks like Johnson Space Center. How nice. But still, it's like when you, it's just when your mind sees something you recognize from a, you know, from a documentary, you're like, that's it. That's where it all happened. You know, it's just it was just mind blowing. I loved it. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm glad that wasn't closed because I was concerned that because the 11.9 tour wasn't happening that that would be closed. But I'm glad you got to do that because it is just, I mean, it's worth going. It's worth the flights. It's worth the hotels. It's worth all that just to be there. And, oh, yeah, um, absolutely. Now, before we talk about the surrounding area, I just want to point out that the, the Space Center Houston website is pretty amazing. And when I was planning my trip, which was all to do with that, the anniversary, this place was the best at arranging their events. Um, and they they were planned long before. They advertised exactly what was happening, who was going to be there, the times, all the different events. Everything was planned further ahead there than anywhere else. They were on it, uh, and they run events throughout the year there. So not just... If you can, if you know you're going to be there at a certain time, check the website to see if there's any special events you can get booked into. Um, they also run a membership, uh, which may depend on how long you're going to be there may be worth signing up for because you get free parking and dis various discounts on merchandise the gift shops are amazing by the way we haven't even talked about the gift shops the gift shops are really really yes. good there's a few that, uh, dotted around the food hall's great there's a great mu mural in the food hall there's so many things we haven't covered here which are also great but definitely check out the website uh, if you're planning on going, because there's loads of information about the different tours you can do and about special events. There's lunch with astronauts and all kinds of things like that, breakfast with astronauts. And they even do nighttime sleeping and camping under the Falcon 9 kind of things which are going on there. Which So so they're really thinking about other ways of, of inspiring and bringing people in and, and, and all kinds of stuff. So definitely um, check that out. Listen, uh... So the surrounding area for me was a big deal. Um, 
I went to meet, as I said, I went to meet this guy, John, who I met on Space Hipsters, who was wonderful. And we went to a place called Boondoggles, which is just around the corner. It's a pizza and craft beer place. And, yeah, uh, I've seen it. As I imagine, everywhere around this area, it's everywhere from has gone, has got the photos of various astronauts with signed people who have been there and stuff like that, which is pretty cool. And so we went there. And then he said, oh, do you want me to, do you want me to take you around and show you where some of the astronauts lived? And I was like, yes. Please do. Now, I know that sounds a bit weird, but but actually you can get that they actually have plaques outside most of them as well. So you can go and find where Neil Armstrong lived and see that. And, and, and Ed White, they live next door to each other. I drove by their houses. Of course, you kind of have to. Like, I, I mean, I, I was going to do it anyway, but having a guide was amazing. And we, he showed me where the Ed White um, elementary school is. I think it's the elementary school. The school there is named after Ed White. He took me there. And, and so on and so forth. And then afterwards, I went around and found a few other people's. I found Gus Grissom's house, Jim Lovell's, and uh, Mike Collins, who lived next door to Gene Cernan and, and, and Roger Chaffrey and all those kind of things. I, I just loved seeing those places and driving around those streets because it was like, this is where their lives were. These heroes of mine, this is their lives. I didn't I didn't stop. I didn't get out. I just did a little drive, gentle drive yep, me past. me too. Because people live in those places now, right? <laughs> I just drove by like, uh, hey, you know. Yeah, exactly. I do, and I did it at night, so it wasn't quite as, I don't know. It was probably still suspicious, but I was like, whatever. There was definitely other people doing it as well. I was aware there were other cars driving slowly round, so I didn't feel quite so <laughs> okay. bad, but but it is cool. But you, you went somewhere as well, didn't you, for lunch that's uh, a, a popular hangout, so to speak? Yes, I went to, uh, on Saturday night, uh, I went to uh, Frenchie's, which is a big astronaut, like a sort of a dinner place it's a italian restaurant and uh it, it's very uh, uh modest on the outside but it's really nice on the inside um and there are loads of like astronaut you know autographs and stuff like that from like the 70s in there i think the restaurant has been around since 1979 so it's got quite you know the history in houston and uh their food i had their uh, chicken piccata and their food is incredible. So if you can get the Frenchies, do it. But it's a big hangout uh, for all sorts of people in the Houston area, uh, particularly astronauts. And whenever you walk into a restaurant, and you the first thing you see is a recommendation from Joe Kerwin. You know you've come to the right spot. So, <laughs> you know, yeah, there's an autograph of him. And he's like, hey, Frenchie, you know, I love this place. But Joe Kerwin, I was like, OK, we're here. We're at the right place. So. It was spectacular, and their food is actually their food is phenomenal. So, yeah. So, if you're in town, if you have time to grab a nice dinner or something, go head to Frenchie's. It's really good. Yes, uh, I, I didn't do that, so that's something for me to do next time for sure. Apollo twelve, Houston, try FCE to auxiliary over. FCE to auxiliary. FCE, FCE to auxiliary. As far as I'm aware, that covers everything I wanted to say. Emily, have you got any other things that you felt or, or, or that I haven't covered or we haven't covered? I just wanted to end and just say, you know, I, I'm very grateful. Um, <laughs> uh, my trip to Houston did have kind of a weird ending because I got stuck there for a day because uh, long story short, um, and I'm not really complaining. It is what it is. Uh, one of my uh, flights didn't leave on time, but not a big deal. Uh, I have a friend in the area who uh, I'm not going to mention whose name it is, but they let me crash at their place. And uh, the community, the space community in Houston, I mean, and, you know, I want to say in Huntsville, I I've never been to those areas until the last year or so. They are just so welcoming and so kind. And I, I just really want to give a big shout out to everybody in those areas for really just welcoming me like one of their own, even though I'm not from there. So that's all I have to say. And really, everybody was so personable there. And I just had a blast. It was a wonderful time. And I, I can't wait to go back. I can't wait. I, I want to go back to Houston. Definitely. So, yes. Yeah. Well, hopefully we'll go together. I, yes. You know, it's, it's, it's just great vibes, isn't it? Like just driving down all the streets named after NASA things as well. I mean, this is great. Yeah. It's just great. I, the hotel that I stayed at, I I, uh, I stayed at the uh, famous uh the Hilton Clear Lake, the NASA Clear Lake, and because it's the, you know, hotel to stay at. And it was so freaking cool because it was just like, it's on the NASA Road 1 or whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I'm like, yeah, I'm right next to NASA. <laughs> Dude, this yeah. is so freaking cool. 
oh god i'm so embarrassed to tell this but you know the my uber driver when i drove when i came into houston they're like so what are you in houston for i was like oh nasa stuff and they're like wow that's cool and i was like yeah just that's pretty yeah pretty cool you know but <laughs> so yeah i don't know it was just so cool like there's such a flavor in that city of like yeah nasa stuff so it is it is awesome you got to go see it absolutely so that's it for this week uh, we hope that you enjoyed our in-depth look at space center houston now um if you've been please let us know what your highlights were or if we've missed anything please tweet us uh or facebook us or whatever so that we can share this with others yeah absolutely um we, i'm sure we have glossed over some things but we've covered our favorite bits and the things that we we don't think you should miss out on and and, and try to give you a, a glimpse at to why it's such a great place to go but we'll be back next week with all the news from the world of space but don't forget in space no one can hear you stream space and things has been brought to you by and things productions